Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello and welcome again to What Makes Them Tip Innovations That Changed Everything. I'm your host, Jeff Ford, and I'm grateful to have this time with you guys today. And we have a great guest on the show today. We're going to have a great conversation as we talk to the founder and chief experience designer of Entire Productions, Natasha Miller. Natasha, welcome to the show. Hey there, Jeff. Thank you. No, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And tell us a little bit about Entire Productions. What do you guys do over there? We are an event and entertainment production company based in San Francisco. Uh, Pre-March 2020, we did um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, up to 750 events a year for clients like Salesforce and Google and Apple and Facebook, a lot of Fortune 500 companies and venture capital firms. And uh, we produce concert series. We do a lot. It's a 20-year-old business. So we're kind of, we've infiltrated the market. Well, and I love your title. We talked a little bit before we started that uh, your title was Chief Experience Designer. Tell us what a Chief Experience Designer does. Yeah, so I'm the visionary of my company and we are a creative agency. And so within events, There is a layer that is sort of added if you work with entire productions, and that's experience design. And so we're not just making some place look pretty, and we're not just putting up, you know, a band in the corner and the food over here. We really do plot the experience from the moment a guest finds out about the event through um, months and months, hopefully a year or more after the event. Mm. That's that's really cool. I love that title. That's that's a creative. I love it when people have these creative titles. It's not something that I've seen before, but uh, it sounds I mean, like really it, I'm a CEO, but sure, uh, sure. I'm a creative CEO, so yeah. No, it's fantastic, and I love it because I'm I'm in the creative industry myself. I do video production and animation, and obviously podcast hosting and all that kind of fun stuff. So I love those kind. Of, I need to come up with a better a better title for myself. You've you've raised the bar now, and now I have to go figure out what I am. You can borrow mine. Okay, that sounds good. I'll do that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how that got started. Like, how did you get into that industry? Well, I am a classically trained violinist and a jazz vocalist. I have seven CDs out and toured and played major concert halls and um, the Monterey Jazz Festival and um, was getting double, triple, quadruple booked uh, on especially Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. (laughs) And instead of turning down the work, I would explain to my clients that I'm personally booked, but I can bring in a group that's as good as I am, similar to me, but hopefully better and manage them. Mm. 
And then it just started compounding. And I started doing that when I was 19 and entire productions was officially born, meaning I got a business license and started paying taxes Mm. in 2001. And it just has snowballed from there. Wow. And so what were some of the, what were, what was that like starting your first business at such a young age? Like what were some of the obstacles that you ran into at that? Was age a factor? No, not at all. I mean, I've not really. So unofficially running a business is really easy. (laughs) (laughs) But once you start having to jump through the hoops Mm. of business licenses and taxes and attorneys and scheduling, you know, creating an S corp or an LLC, you know, that takes a level of maturity and access to experts. And so I just learned, you know, organically, for years without a whole lot of mentorship or advisement and ended up figuring it out. I I think I've almost figured it all out, but as soon as I think that something new comes up, which is great, it keeps me interested. That's awesome. Um, So then it looks like if I, uh, what it looks like you guys have done a lot of different events over there. And you mentioned in your kind of your description of it up until March of 2020, um, your, that, that's what you were doing now in March, obviously anyone involved in events and this coming from a dad who has a daughter getting married in April and still no idea whether or not our, yeah, that's what you think. Yeah. We have no (laughs) idea what things are going to look like and whether the the venue has no idea what its restrictions are going to be yet. So we're still trying to figure that out. Um, in that industry, obviously things were different, but I noticed on your, um, uh, uh, Instagram, a common mis- this is a quote from you a common misconception about virtual events is that they lack the impact of live events but that's far from the truth so i know uh, my company had to do everything virtual we actually had a lot of success but tell us why uh, how can you make virtual events as impactful as a live one well i think that kind of circles back around to my title creative um uh Gosh, now I'm forgetting what my title is. Experience designer. Chief experience designer. <laughs> so in March, when we had to re-envision our business to virtual, it took a couple of weeks for me to wake up to the fact that we needed to design and develop something that was really something that our clients could pick up and run with and not have their internal people or their clients or their um the buyer's board. So we came up with something called the entire variety show. And it's really fast paced, shorter segments um, where you can present your content, but sandwich it within interactive interactivity, um, engagement, entertainment, really fun stuff. Mm. So I came to market with that. We were first to market with that and, and, it took actually my clients, the Fortune 500 companies, a couple of months to get on board and to figure out what they're going to do for virtual events. And now for our clients, it's the number one thing that they ask for. Mm. So the experience that you get within this variety show style of um, experience is you're never bored. And our number one goal is for our clients to have an experience where their end users are saying, Whoa, I didn't, I didn't know. I did not expect that to happen. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh shoot. It's, it's ended. Oh wait, there's something else coming. This is so cool. Instead of, 
wow, this is so cool. I can't believe this is happening. Okay, when is it going to end? <laughs> right. And we have figured out that sweet spot where we are keeping our um, guests and, and viewers on the edge of their seats and showing them things that they just didn't think was possible in a virtual setting. And a lot of the people's reactions are, wow, I'm never doing an in-person event again. Or, mm. you know, like, I had no idea, like, this is this is so cool. So we have succeeded and we did over 200 virtual events last year. That's great. That's fantastic. So that, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to hear a lot of these stories where people have, you know, had to find new ways to do business during that, uh, during that time. And, and still really until everything is completely, uh, back to normal. But, um, how much of you, how much of that do you think people will still keep doing even when, even when the regular events are allowed again? I think quite a bit. I believe that the hybrid model will be around in a in a meaningful way for at least a year mm-hmm. after we're all able to gather in medium sized groups. Um, I think it will be a long time before we go to in person only, and I don't know if people will choose to do that because being able to to broadcast virtually extends the reach, mm-hmm. extends the experience. And, um, of course, you've probably heard this pandemic has really fastened it, it, it's made technology and what we were about to maybe look at in the future rush 10 years of, you know, R and D into one mm. year. Yeah. So we're, we're ahead of, we're ahead of times. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, uh, like I think of just events that I participated in this year that, I've never been able to participate. I'm a huge nerd. So I I love like San Diego Comic-Con, but I've never been, right? But this year they did everything virtual and I was able to experience stuff that my friend who goes every year and leaves me here, uh, he goes and we experienced those together virtually. And I would have paid for that experience. Do you know what I mean? I would have paid something. So I could see a hybrid model where it's like, I can't make it to San Diego, but I'd love to still pay a little bit to have some of that yes. in my living room, yep. I think is huge. I think you're right. I think the Inc. 5000 conference, I went to it last year, in person were about 5,000 people. And then in 2020, they did it virtually and they had over 20,000 people yeah, registered crazy. for that event. You cannot beat those numbers. Mm. I don't care how much you love in-person events. Right. If you're a business, you're going to capitalize on on the reach. Right. And do you think that the the interactivity and the engagement is part of it, right? So it's not just a like somebody showing you a PowerPoint for an hour and a half, but Oh yeah, you can't do that. That's just <laughs> dead on the vine. That's never going to fly. Nobody wanted to do that in person anyway either. Right, so right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's the huge it's like people thought that uh now that we're not in person, well, we can't do the some of the same things that we did anymore. So they did boring things and it was like <laughs> The key, it sounds like, uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, is to still treat it like an in-person event. If you would do this mm-hmm. fun thing or if you would have this live music or if you would have these other things, yeah, try to incorporate incorporate those into the virtual event. Yeah, and here's a secret um, that literally very few people know about yet because we're doing a brand new launch tomorrow. It's not my company, but I'm a partner with this company. And there's a, a 3D interactive virtual platform that is blowing my mind. It's called Xvo, E-X-V-O. Mm. And um, 
if anyone wants information, let me know. But basically you go into a ballroom and it is, it is designed just like if you were in person. So all of these furniture pieces, plants, signage, videos, um, when somebody in their avatar robot comes up to our booth, I can talk to them and our videos turn on. Wow. That's great. It's amazing. That's really cool. So yes. what, does there, is there a website to find out more about that? Do you know? Yeah. They, the company that developed it is called All Seated. So allseated.com. Okay. Uh, but tomorrow is our launch event. And Jeff, I can invite you to that. But anybody right. that's listening in the future, sure, can just that- <laughs> contact me and I can put you in touch with the platform. That's, that's, yeah, that sounds really neat. And well, as a, as, it sounds, I mean, again, I said, I'm a huge nerd and I like to play video games and it sounds like I could go to an event in a similar fashion. <laughs> I would Absolutely. be all over that. It's developed by gamers. So you've got it right on the button. Wow. That's really neat. That's a neat idea. Um, very cool. So tell us a little bit about your uh, personal journey then. It does say that you, I mean, you did, you kind of alluded to it. You we're doing the music and uh, before that. Um, but uh, what was that process like starting a business, going from what you were doing to just starting the business? I know you said you did it very young, but I did what it did very the process look I, like? I did it very slow. And honestly, in 2009, I rebranded and relaunched the business. And so since 2009, it's been a m- more mature business with mm. employees and um, such. And then in 2015, we started growing uh, by 65% year over year. And we added, you know, employees. Our, our biggest year, we did 777 events. The next year, our goal was to do less events with more profit. And we did 650 events. Wow. And then, um, you know, you know, the, the end of the story is last year, we did 200 which was amazing because we stayed afloat. But sure. I've I've really become a lover of business and business tactics and strategies. And um, I don't really miss performing that much, though. I did do a big broadcast, beautiful in a studio uh, Christmas concert uh, this year. I really felt like it was about time to to present something to my friends and fans uh, after being sort of on hiatus for five years. So I love running the business. And in fact, I have three new endeavors this year that I'm working on right alongside of running uh, entire productions. And one of them is developing an entrepreneurial master's course that I will deliver virtually uh, to entrepreneurs. I'm thinking my demographic will be entrepreneurs that do $1 million in business and have a couple of employees at the, on the low end, Mm -hmm. um, up to five or $10 million in revenue. And then I have a book coming out. Uh, it's a business memoir. And so that really takes you through my story of, you know, from the time I was a little girl all the way through to present day and how business and entrepreneurship really is entwined in everything that I do. Mm. You can't extricate it. You can't remove it. Even as a musician, that's an entrepreneurial endeavor right there. Mm. Right? So. Um, and then the third thing is I just released uh, a podcast that I'm very proud of. It's called Fascinating Entrepreneurs. So there's a lot on the plate. It is. It sounds like you got a lot. You're balancing a lot of things there. So when does the book come out? Or are you still, do you have a, a, we have a final? Yeah, we have a final draft. It is with my agent being um, 
promoted to major publishers. So at some point this year, it will come out probably later this year. And uh, there's no rush. I think the journey is, and the, the fun of learning about publishing and writing a book and editing, it's all part of the process. And I wouldn't want to um, fast forward. Yeah. So going back to when you said uh, you were kind of giving us the timeline there, you said in 2015, I believe it was, is when your revenue just really spiked and shot up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a guess and hope that maybe that there was a tipping point of some sort that occurred there. What do you think that that was? What did, was there something you guys innovated, something new that you guys or a new direction that you went? What was that tipping say, point for you? Yeah, the the tipping point, uh, it was a, a few things. So one, we were already gaining traction. I was very heavily involved in event organizations, and that was one of our um, secret sauces of getting our name out. So we were, we were providing an excellent service and we had great relationships built. Then I did a program at Babson College through Goldman Sachs and it's sort of like an entrepreneurial master's course. And so I was really at this tipping point to begin with, then armed with the knowledge that I learned in that course, it just catapulted us mm. into growth. And so I really have to say, we would have had organic growth. We would not have had 65% had I not had that course and that knowledge as well. I came into um, a couple of mentors and advisors that really also pushed the limit for me. So, you know, since then, I've done a course at Harvard and at MIT. And again, every time I get into one of those um, education situations, it just just throws me against the wall, which is great. And then things happen. They grow, they get better, they get more efficient. Yeah. So if you had uh, advice for somebody out there who's, and I don't want to get spo spoiler alert for your, <laughs> these are maybe things that you're going to talk about in the book, but um, uh, so you can, you don't have to go into as much detail maybe because we want to, we want to read the book, but tell, tell me if there was a advice that you would give to somebody who is out there, uh, even at, at as young as you were when you started, what, what would you tell them as they're getting started that maybe you wish you knew at that time? I wish that I knew that I didn't have to do it by myself to be proud of what I was building. Mm. So a lot of entrepreneurs are, are very egotistical and like, I'm going to do it my way and my way is right. But the truth of the matter is your way is very important, but combined with historical data, knowledge, and and people's advice will really strengthen and push you further. So just get out of your own ego and learn. Learn mm. from others. If you reject, you know, an element, fine. But I mean, you can take my word for it. Had I known what I knew when I started this company uh, that I've learned in the last five years, I'd have a $20 million company right now. Mm. And mm. that's maybe I don't maybe maybe I don't want a twenty million dollar company, right? Maybe I mean that's what we were going for last year. And truthfully, I'm really enjoying a smaller company. I did have to lay off some of my staff. I enjoy it so much more than running a larger business. So be careful what you wish for. Sure. Um, but also. Again, also really enjoy the journey, really enjoy, you know, making a decision, doing something. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, fine. 
that is a learning moment. Just turn around and do something else, but please do not keep doing the thing that doesn't work over and over and over again. That's never going to pan out for you. Yeah. I love that. It's so many, uh, and, and I'm probably the listeners are tired of me saying this, but it, it feels like so many of these stories come, uh, come around that community of people that kind of helped along the way, like being willing to listen and the people that you have, that you hire even that are, that are along with you on the journey, but the mentors, like having mentors, having people listening to advice, listening to podcasts like yours and like my, like this one, to be able to hear these stories and get inspired and, and have ideas. Uh, other people have made the same mistakes that that you're going to make. So let's let let's learn from their mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I would say it. you're not that unique. You're not right. as unique as you think you are. Get over it now. Learn <laughs> and go be your best self. I love it. That's that's the quote right there. You're not as unique as you think you are. Get over <laughs> it and get out. Yeah, I love that. We're going to that's a social media quote. We're going to have to tweet that. <laughs> that's good stuff. Um so is there any other things that you'd like to to let our listeners know before we finish up here as far as like uh, obviously you've got the book coming. Um you've got your entrepreneurial course that is uh, these are both coming. So where where should they go to get more information as these become available. Yeah. So those two endeavors, um, natashamiller.co is my sort of entrepreneurial site mm -hmm. where you can learn about all those things that are happening. But um, entireproductions.com is the event and entertainment virtual event uh, site. So they're both great. You can learn from both mm. if you're, especially if you're just starting out. Now, when now just to help again for people who might be looking for your services, um, for entire productions, you said for physical events, you're in San Francisco and yes. LA, right? What about yep. what about virtual events? Can you help anybody anywhere? Or yeah. we work okay. all over the world. We uh, we also work all over the world in physical in person events, but okay. And you know, just so you know, Jeff, you're in luck. The first thing that's coming back are social events, including weddings, people mm. will do anything to get married, even not pay attention to, you know, the, the law. Right. <laughs> We're getting a lot of inquiries for weddings right now for spring, summer, fall. Okay. And I don't see in-person events happening on a large scale, sure. um, at least on the West Coast until fourth quarter, but probably 2022. Right. Yeah. I've talked to some other folks, uh, the, the, a recent interview I had, they're, they're planning an event uh, in LA and it's uh, also, they're, they're just going to do it virtual. It's in fourth quarter, but they're like, we're just going to do it virtual this year, just in case, yeah. you, you know, I'd rather plan it, plan it virtual and then have missed the opportunity to be event than to plan it live and then have to switch. <laughs> so it yeah, sounds like that would be, be very costly. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So they're, they're looking at future years for, for that, but um, so that's good advice, but yeah, it sounds like you got a, a very, um, interesting, uh, career and, and experience of different things that you have been involved in. Um, and it's, it seems like taking a look at your website, it seems like you guys have put on some very, uh, elaborate and very, uh, cool events. And I, and I'm just blown away by the numbers you said that you had 700 yeah. or uh, some events and there's only 365 Nuts. days in the year. Yeah. You know that, right, Natasha? I know that. You've looked right. at a calendar. <laughs> How do you I'll have to tell you, the, one of the ways we we're able to do it is I started building a system in 2013. And the way I can say it is it takes care of all of the repeatable actions 
with automation. Mm. And so we could do those 777 events with two people in operations because I built a machine to take care of anything. So no person in my, um, at entire productions has to remember to remind anybody to do anything. The system does it on a cadence that Mm. I designed, um, to mimic what we would do naturally. So no one has to remember anything. That's a whole nother podcast there. Sure, sure. But that's an innovation. I mean, that's what you guys have, have done to set yourself apart, right? Yes. I mean, uh, to, in order to innovate. and I mean, of course, you obviously then you need to, people need to actually be at these events. So you have some yep. employees doing that, obviously. Yes. But, um, yeah, that's crazy. That seems like a lot of events. <laughs> it is. But, but, uh, <laughs> but it's that, awesome that, year that you guys killed can do us. that. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I'm fascinated by what you do. And uh, thank um, you. I am, uh, I, I do AV for the events for our company. Uh, and we do throw some big, big bashes like that too. Um, but I just handle all the AV. I don't, I, I don't even, I couldn't even imagine That's trying to manage. That's a big job. It is. It's a big job. And I, I, the one that I do it for is actually overseas. So I have to manage everything over there and then go over there and do it. So it's, it, you know, I'm sitting yep. here. I can't even imagine what you guys are doing to try to do, to do the entire event. But uh, again, uh, if you innovate, you can accomplish anything. It sounds like. Yep. All right. Thanks, Natasha, for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. My sincere pleasure. And we thank you for listening once again to What Makes Them Tip. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.